Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. This weird. What is it? 151,000 souls go into the great beyond every day. And I count every single one of them. The count's off. Huh. The reason Pixar Studios are still the best in the business is they never take the easy route. Their technology is head and shoulders above the competition, so is their voice casting. The boy delivering the pizza is just as likely to get the gig as the Hollywood superstar. Good afternoon. Are you in need of any assistance today, sir? No. I could help you cross the street. No. I could help you cross your yard? No. I could help you cross your... Ow. And then there are Pixar's ideas. Not for them pedestrian fairy tales, cute dragons or wacky vampires. Pixar often tackles the big questions of life, the universe and everything, but still makes them hugely entertaining. And top dog at Pixar is Pete Docter. He made audiences cry in the first 10 minutes of Up and then did it again in the last 10 minutes of Inside Out. School was great, all right? What was that? I thought you said we were going to act casual. Riley, is everything okay? <sighs> Sir, she just rolled her eyes at us. All right, make a show of force. I don't want to have to put the foot down. No, not the foot. His new film is called Soul, and it's about what makes us us. It's told through the eyes of a middle-aged jazz musician called Joe. I was invited to talk to Pete Doctor, his co-writer-director Kemp Powers, and his executive producer Dana Murray, and discovered that 10 minutes isn't nearly long enough to cover the subject. Pete, before we get into Soul, let's go right back. I mean, where do Pixar ideas come from? Do you start with a character, do you start with a story hook, or do you start with a big theme? Yeah, everybody starts differently, and every one of my films has started differently. I mean, Up really kind of started with a grouchy old man character. Inside Out was a concept, and this this was more a concept as well, this idea of, like, you know, I have two kids who are now adults, and uh, I recognize, looking back, they were pretty much spelled out who they were from the moment we brought them home. They had personality baked in, uh, and and I thought, well, where did that come from? How did we all have this sense of who we are, um, there must be some place before we were born that kind of predetermines all that. And so kind of chasing that idea down, we came up with uh, the great before, this place where we get our personalities and, and interests and so on, and then just developed. And it's a lot, of, a lot of its craft, a lot of it's just trying things out and working it over and over and over. So starting off with a story about a child before they're born, when did you suddenly decide it was going to be a story about a middle-aged black musician? Okay, so the truth is, after Inside Out, um, look, I've, I've loved animation since I was like eight. You know, I did flip books in the corners of my math book and stuff. And so after Inside Out, I realized, you know, I've been doing this for like 35, 40 years since I was a kid. Am I just 
supposed to go on doing more? I, I guess people might call it sort of a midlife crisis of, mm. of just, you know, looking at what, what am I going to do with the time I have left? I'm not going to live forever. And so what's the best use of my time? And, and it was really that sort of journey that I wanted to echo in the main character. We figured if he was an animator, that might be, I don't know if you've ever watched anyone animate. They're not the most exciting things. It's better to watch when they're done. Yeah. So we thought... Maybe a musician would be more interesting. And specifically jazz, I think the, th the reason we went there originally was that's a very no... Like, you don't go into jazz to get rich and famous, right? You do it because you love it. You have a passion for it. And as soon as we decided on that, we realized, well, look, if this guy's going to be a jazz musician, or as one of our consultants called it, black improvisational music, it feels only appropriate that the character should be black, should be African-American, uh, since that's jazz is of course, one of the great inventions of American culture, and it's thanks to African-American. And uh, so that's what led to that decision. And then from there, we just needed to surround ourselves with people who could really help us tell that story in an authentic way. And Kemp was brought on about the point when, like, the bones of the story were there, but it was pretty lean as a character, right, jo uh, Joe was. Kemp, I'll bring you in here because unlike many Pixar directors or people working at Pixar, your background wasn't in animation at all, was it? It was for theatre. Yeah, exactly. You, you nailed it. <laughs> but, you know, I, I do at the end of the day, I've always called myself a storyteller. The medium might change, but I've always just been in pursuit of telling a good story. And whatever medium best services the story, um, that's the medium I want to I wanna tell a tale in. I've always been a long time, enormous fan of animation, particular Pixar, but not even limited to that. Um, I think one of the things that everyone at Pixar and I have in common is that we're all lifelong fans of Miyazaki. Like a lot, we have a lot of stuff in common in terms of our influences and the things that we enjoy. So it was actually a really good fit right off the bat. You have this wonderful beginning. I mean, I have no idea who's responsible for it, but you have this wonderful beginning where you play the Disney theme and you play it <laughs> by, by the worst band in the world. I mean, it's, to be fair, they're eight-year-old kids, but they're, they're playing it. And I just listened to that and my jaw dropped and I thought, we are in extremely good hands here. <laughs> That's good. How did you notice that? The funny thing is that band, actually, by the time we came up with the idea... We had to bring in professional musicians. And so these are Hollywood musicians, best in the world, playing really crappy. <laughs> <laughs> so, Kemp, when Pete got in touch with you and said, would you like to be part of this journey, what was your first contribution to the character of Joe? I remember the first scene that I started working on, and that was the scene with Joe and his mother in her tailor shop when Joe has to get the, um, the suit oh, yeah? for his gig. That was, the first, that was the first thing I started writing um, mm -hmm. after I got there. But it wasn't really like one thing. It was kind of like we started on 10 things at the same time. There were character design issues. There was parts of the film that were being edited. I mean, yeah, there were, there were a million little things. And, you know, Pete and myself, we would often spend pretty sizable sessions in a room with a whiteboard, kind of still trying to crack the story because the entire story wasn't cracked when I came on board. We still hadn't quite figured out where the film was going to go. There were some much bigger questions in addition to the specific questions of Joe that were kind of like a, a priority from the first day that I got there. What happens about 10 minutes into the film is that Joe jazzes his life, but he's stuck in a job that he doesn't like teaching at a school. Suddenly it looks like it's going pretty well for him, and then something appalling happens to him, and he goes into a completely different dimension. Yeah, he, he basically dies, 
without quite dying yet, you know. And so he's supposed to go into the great beyond, but instead manages to fishtail his way into the great before. And, of course, that's really where the story happens. And and, uh, at its core, I think, you know, the great opportunity we had was to talk about, like, well, why go back? What's so great about life? You know, he meets this soul 22 who's Mm -hmm. been there so long that that's her actual number. You know, most souls are like 108 billion, 333 million, <laughs> 700. Her number is 22. Uh, and she just doesn't see any point. What's so great about life? It looks like a lot of disappointment and suffering. And it was a, a real fun project to work on. A lot of difficult stuff to figure out. Unbelievably difficult. And Dana, this is where I bring you in because, first of all, I see that you were the lighting manager in Ratatouille. I looked you up. The lighting in Ratatouille is the greatest lighting in any animation ever. I have no idea what you contributed to it, but somewhere your team pulled a blinder on that one. Ratatouille. That was an incredible movie to work on. Sharon Callahan was the lighting DP and she's phenomenal. The reason I'm bringing you in here, though, Dana, is the fact that this is where the other half of Pixar comes in. So while you've got Pete and Kemp wrestling with the third act and trying to make the thing all sort of work, suddenly the technology side of Pixar comes in. How does it work? Well, you know, I'm I'm in there from the very beginning, you know, creatively partnering with the small team that we have in the beginning. And um, at that point, we're just building a team. A lot of my job was making sure the film was going to be culturally authentic. So building up a culture trust and consultants, you know, managing chaos on a day-to-day basis. At at one point, I think our crew was up to 350 people. So there's a lot going on at all times. I'm trying to protect the creative process basically is my job. So I'm all over the place, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) We can't go without mentioning Rachel House, though, New Zealand. Oh, I was I was going to get to that. I mean, your casting right. is astonishing. You've got Jamie Foxx, which is kind of understandable, but Tina Fey is a bratty teenage soul, Graham Norton is a hippie juggler, and Rachel House as a one-dimensional <laughs> villain. Literally, she's just one line. Yeah. <laughs> How did Rachel come uh, on board? That's amazing for us. She has more lines of dialogue than one, but you're right. As a character, she looks like just a, an outline. And uh, that was, again, Kemp brought in uh, the concept of using her. And she's brilliant. She Her job is to pursue our guy and try to get him back because the numbers are off, right? She's the universe's accountant. So <laughs> She's absolutely brilliant. But I, the other yeah. thing that I have to say that you guys pulled off amazingly was musicians' fingers. I have never seen animated rendition of musicianship. As, as well as it's done in this film here, I don't think. Oh, thanks. We, we set up like 800 different cameras everywhere to watch every angle possible so the animators could really study proper form, proper posture, which notes we're hitting. We also had, they had a really cool system where they hooked up, you know, like MIDI, that, uh, the system that allows you to capture a performance on a keyboard. And that was wired basically into the animation software so that the notes he's playing are the actual notes that John Batiste played on the piano. I was talking with Pixar's Pete Doctor about his latest film, Soul, featuring, as he says, Rachel House as a heavenly accountant, shortly available on Disney+. And you also heard co-director Kemp Powers and producer Dana Murray. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com 
or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.